Hi, and welcome to Real Talk with Realtron, the real estate podcast for realtors. This is the podcast that has all the information that I wish I knew when I started in business 15 years ago. Today, I'm joined with two of the top agents at Remax Realtron to help you grow in your business. I'm joined with Anuja Kumarasamy and Vanessa Jeffrey from our Progress office. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks Thank for, you having, for us. having us. Thank you. I'm so excited today. Uh, we've got a lot to learn, and both of you have a little bit different takes on businesses, but a lot of similarities I think we'll find over the time. Uh, Anuja, you've been in business for 11 years, correct? Yep. And uh, most of your business is farming, geographic farming, mm -hmm. growing your business that way through traditional marketing, basically, is, is most of your business. So why don't you start us off and tell us a bit about how you got started in your farm. I think a lot of agents want to start a farm. They mm -hmm. want to invest some money, but it is a bit overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, so can you go back to when you started out farming? How many houses did you do? What was your approach? How did you figure out what you were doing? Honestly, I think it was really tough to start off in the farming area that I did. So I got a listing in Ajax and it was really a snowball effect. Um, so then I got another listing on the right. same street, started distributing postcards in that particular neighborhood. So I initially started off with about 1,000 postcards in that particular area and then slowly expanded. Right. And now I farm about 10,000 homes. Yeah, so I think um, that's, that's a really great uh, point to start off with. I think mm -hmm. the mistake most agents make is they'll start off with 4,000, 5,000, and yeah. then they burn themselves out before they develop a name for themselves. Mm -hmm. So with just one listing in a neighborhood, yeah. and you got the listing from a referral or from... It was a friend of mine. A friend of yours, that's yeah. great. That's how most agents start. Yeah. And then uh, you just held on to it. You started marketing it. You invested yeah. in it in a thousand houses in the area. Yeah. Were you doing anything beyond just uh, sending the flyers? Did you door knock it as well? Did you do anything like that? I didn't. No. Didn't. I've never okay. done door knocking never or done cold door knocking. calling. Wow. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so just that's postcards. Good. So just postcards, yeah. uh, starting, I guess it was 2008, 2007, something like that? Uh, no, it was 2012. Oh, oh sorry, 2012? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you started and you started sending uh, a thousand postcards, Yeah. and you just sort of grew over time. What was your yeah. frequency uh, at the beginning, and what is it now? Um, every two weeks. Every so two I'm weeks. still consistent with consistent that, every and two I think weeks. that's very, very important. Yeah, right? and over the years, you, you've let's say you've been pretty consistent mm -hmm. over the years with every two weeks sending out a flyer. Uh, most of your content just listed, just sold, that type of thing. Yeah. And yeah. then we also send out newsletters as well. And obviously other factors like, you know, bus shelters and stuff like that, that we have advertisements on. So I right. think it's a variety of factors that impact. Yeah, so you're seen in the area through bus shelters, uh, other advertising, mm -hmm. and then the flyers, flyers to the door twice a month. Yeah. Um, and you just sort of grew it as you did more deals, you expanded your budget. Did you ever work with a budget? Did you like get down into the nitty gritty of numbers? Are you, an, are you a Not numbers really, person? No. no you, just, <laughs> you just got it out there and you said, hey, I can afford to do more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expand Invest it. Invest more, I'm gonna yeah. Expand it. And did you do it like a thousand at a time or did you just uh, go Different neighborhoods and different pockets. So it right. just grew like that. So, you're so like, okay, I would say about a thousand pocket. or two. Okay. Yeah. Old agent, old Remax Realtron agent, like from the '80s, Warren Cooper. Mm -hmm. uh, he used to say, "You gotta, you gotta make get ten listings in an area 
before okay. you even start spending money. That was kind oh, of really? his thing. Okay. I think uh, it, it was a bit of a different time and maybe uh, it was less lucrative at the time. And it was it was more difficult to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I think your strategy of getting a, a listing, holding on to it and then expanding from there yeah. uh, is really valuable. Yeah, um, and I think what also yeah. helped is that there was no particular agent in that area because I think it's harder, right? If there is right. an agent that's kind of dominating that area, it's hard to overcome that, yeah. right? And so you looked and you said this is a this is a little pocket mm -hmm. where no one no one has taken over this yeah. little pocket, uh, and you work out of Ajax, mm -hmm. so that's really it's out of the city, and I guess it was not newer it was a newer area that you were farming yeah it's a, it newer, a newer area, area so a lot more turnover as well yeah so it's good to look at a new area i think there are agents you know obviously mm -hmm. there are a lot of real estate agents out there it's yeah. it's pretty saturated but i think if if agents look in areas and look at the turnover and the number of agents that are really doing well there, mm -hmm. there are a lot of areas that aren't dominated by anyone exactly right? so they're always yeah. did There's you feel there was no fun. competition or no, there definitely there was, was but right? um, you know how you go into some areas and you see one person signs everywhere, right? Yeah. So with those type of neighborhoods, I right. find it'll be much more difficult to prove yourself and show yeah. what you have to offer, right? Yeah, and so. I think, uh, you know, the the old saying was like, if someone has 25% market share, mm -hmm. uh, that it's really tough to, to get in and make a name. Mm -hmm. I think the reality is almost no one now has 25% market share. It's yeah. really tough. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's there's a lot of room for that. Mm -hmm. Vanessa, your business is really different. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's probably like, oh, I'm not, right? You're not, you're <laughs> not really doing that. Tell us, you, you work a, a people farm. Yes. Which is really philosophically maybe the same thing, but totally a, a different type of business. Absolutely. You're not sending flyers. You're not doing that type of stuff, right? Yeah, so I, I nurture my database and I work heavily with um, my referrals, my COI, and within my community in terms right. of my network of people I know. Okay, so you're working your network of people. Yes. Um, and still treat it as, as a business just the same and have a, a, a system behind, a system it. behind yeah. it just the same. Exactly. So, uh, tell us a little bit about how you started off and, and growing your sphere of influence a little bit and growing your database of people. Mm -hmm. How were you able to just kind of grow one person by one person? So when I first got into the business, um, I came from a completely different background as most agents do. So coming from that, I what did you do before? I studied as a biomedical engineer. Oh, okay. <laughs> <So> <laughs> completely totally different. different. But what it did is allowed for a foundation of systems. And right. so when I got into real estate, I treated it as more of a business mindset and approach, but a business of networking with people. Right. And so. By the way, I think this is really interesting because, uh, like engineering background that type of mindset to still go after it and and go after your sphere and treat it like a social business as well mm -hmm. i think is a really great great mix and maybe not a lot of people uh who, with that background would would attempt it that way yeah but and but i was fortunate that i came that from way. a very social family um right. there was always gatherings and they had a large network of people that we always um would intermix with right and so Naturally, you know, I remember growing up, my parents would always encourage us, okay, you need to go and be personable, you need to be outgoing. So that wasn't um, a challenge for me. So when I got into the business, I let people know that I'm getting into the industry. I am new, but I've got determination, grit, and uh, perseverance, and I really want to be able to come from the place of wanting to help people. Mm -hmm. And I think that naturally progressed. And so from 
one successful transaction and helping you know a family transition that led to them naturally wanting to you know send let their friends and family know right and it kind of went from there so then I started to create a, a system or more, mm -hmm. more touch points of how to nurture those relationships right. did you start with uh, with your wedding list did you, no, did you I actually didn't. Uh, you know, it's, it's the old, if, you're, yeah. if you're listening and you, you don't know what I mean. When I started, people talked about uh, your wedding list. Like you've got to get your list of everyone you'd invite to your wedding. Right. Now it's like your Facebook friends list. So exactly. I, I think a lot of people with databases of 50 people and they come to me and say, I, I just don't know more people. I say, go through your Facebook friends. They have a 500 or 1,000 or 2,000 Facebook friends. Yeah. And just go through and start with the easy ones. Yeah. Um, so did you, is that how you developed your list, kind of going through social media? Going through, you know, my networks of between people I went to high school with, uh, university, through our community, and then I started to develop it from there, and then family and close friends. Right. And then I encouraged them. I said, whether, you know, you may not be ready to, to buy or sell, but if you've got questions about real estate, feel free to let me know. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also encouraged them that if they hear of anybody talking about real estate, then feel free to... Give, the, give me their contact information. Right. So I try to kind of maintain some of that contact and consistency and reminding them that I'm in the business, I'm in the industry, so that I could stay top of mind. Yeah. And for the agents that are not a, as outgoing and have a little bit of trouble making that call and asking, <laughs> asking yep. for the business, tell me about what the response is. I think people are always surprised how willing to help people are. So for the people that were a little bit, you know, may not be as close of friends or family, um, if you're coming with some valuable information, like updating them on as to what's going on in their area or neighborhood, people are mm -hmm. always receptive to it. And if even if they're they don't want the information, they'll still be polite. So right. you know, it's it's still a warm call. It's a little bit less intimidating than having to do cold calls. So that's what gained um, my comfortability with it. Eventually, I did go into you know more cold calling and. Um, that's a different approach to it, but right. I prefer the warmer connections. Right. So, are you still doing cold calling? Not anymore. No, you just. <laughs> I just. Yeah. I have to be. I have to be honest. I mean, I'm yeah. fortunate that through like the the relationships, the relationships that I nurture, it naturally progresses from there. Yeah. Uh, so neither of you cold call. That's very interesting. I find mm -hmm. some people are, people are usually good at one or two things, right? Farming, cold calling, networking, that type of thing. Uh, Anuja, when you hear that, are you doing, do you do the si similar type of networking with your clients? I do, yeah. And you grow your database as well? Exactly, yeah. That's important. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it, particularly uh, a lot of neighborhood farmers mm -hmm. kind of sometimes fall short on the sphere of influence farming as well. Yeah. Um, so it's always something that you have to work on the, the opposite skill because they're mm -hmm. two different skills. Of course. They're yeah. really different. Some people say, oh, I don't want to call anyone I know. I'll only cold call. Oh, okay. so I'm not cold calling. I'll call people I know. Yeah. So I think it's really, uh, you know, just what works for you and how you can grow it. And mm -hmm. I'll add that if you're newer in the business, or like, I, I meet agents that are completely new to an area, and so they're, everybody they know is out of town. Um, in, there is a lot of value in cold calling and you know there's lots of times I'm speaking to new agents and they need to grow their database yeah doing open houses doing those activities certainly can be productive but I think you hit the nail on the head by saying pick one or two areas when you're first starting off learn to perfect those systems mm -hmm. don't try to be an expert in all of those areas because then you might feel discouraged and then end up not succeeding in any of those areas yeah I think interesting open houses are a really interesting way to build your database if you're a sociable person, if mm -hmm. you know people. 
you don't necessarily need to do a deal with someone to make them a client. That's right. Yeah. Right. You can grow, and especially for for geographic farming, yeah. you can really increase your your database that way. Yeah, uh, exactly. And you know, get to know the neighbors. Um, do you do anything in particular when you do open houses to get the neighbors into the house? To do you have a system of that? Is that something you're working on? Uh, I am working on doing that. I know yeah. some people have like an hour where they invite only neighbors to come in and see it, but I still have the two to four where everyone can drop by. Yeah. But I do get a lot of sellers or neighbors that are interested in possibly selling in the area that right. will definitely mm -hmm. drop by and they'll just be like, hey, I want to meet with you. And I think a lot of people just want to see you as well, get a vibe of how you are before they even want to meet with yeah. you and book an appointment yeah. as well. So thing, I love open houses. Yeah. One thing I always found when I was selling with open houses, uh, if you brought coffee, mm -hmm. if you had coffee at your open house, the neighbors talked to you more. Oh, really? That was my experience. Okay. If, uh, if, and, but the key is you've got to drink the coffee or at least hold the cup. Because <laughs> yeah. no one will take the coffee unless you're drinking the coffee. Yeah. And then you just pour the coffee. And you're like, do you want a coffee? I'll make you a coffee. And then they open up and they tell you they their whole life story. Yeah. And I think for, yeah, the value of open houses for particularly geographic farming mm -hmm. is, you know, what are the neighbors doing? They yeah. see you are the superstar celebrity when you have one house on their street for exactly, sale. Exactly, yeah. You are the real estate agent. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's really valuable. Yeah. Good. Let's transition a little to social media, mm -hmm. uh, which is really valuable for, for, again, both geographic farming and sphere of influence farming. Mm -hmm. um, Vanessa, let's start with you. What's your approach? Are you a connector? Are you a poster? Are you both? What? Tell me about it. So we do a bit of both. Um, for me, it's a lot of times it's engaging with my audience. So you know, I'll be staying in touch with what's going on in their life, or you know, if there's you know whether it's they're taking part of a marathon race or mm -hmm. seeing how I can support in those initiatives or promote what they're what they're doing. Um, I'll have clients that will get into like a new job, for example, and I'll make connections. And so I'll say, you know, right. I, I know of somebody who would be great in that role if they're hiring. So aspects mm. of that, as well as I, I post probably about 30% content real estate related and the rest will be about community events. And a lot of, of my network, they're either moving from Toronto and into Durham, which okay. is the area that I, I specifically service a lot mm. of. So they don't know a lot about what's happening in Durham. So I'll try right. to, you know, educate them about the newest restaurant that's a, that have opened, things like yeah. that, and then post obviously about things that are important to me, so causes or stuff about my life right. and family. So I love where you started with that because you started with commenting on what other people are doing, and commenting, uh, in interacting with what other people are doing. I think <laughs> as, as real estate agents, we're like we have to. Content, Just content, content. Yeah. And us, we're, us, us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're speaking more than we're listening. And yeah. I think that's really great that you're finding that side of the interaction. I think uh, from a geographic farming point of view, I think you have to be putting out a lot of content. Yeah. Um, how do you professionalize what you do? How Do you, do you systematize um, sort of how your Instagram matches up with how your flyers look and things like that? Is that... Yeah, for sure. How, how do you do that? I think I definitely need to do that because people know me by my branding and my colors and stuff. So right. for sure. Um, so we do targeted advertising on mm -hmm. social media as well in a particular area. So again, that's just another um, reminder, right? For and do you manage all that yourself? You post all yourself or my you have someone, your assistant does, does it? Yeah, yeah. 
So I'm okay. very consistent on that. So yeah. just listed, just sold, right. and also stuff that's happening in the area. But I do need to improve <laughs> on replying back to people and just commenting. On reaching on, out and commenting. Yeah, and reaching yeah. out, exactly. It's really, it's that's funny. That's important. And, and it, it's such a reciprocal relationship, right? Mm -hmm. If someone likes your post, you notice their post, you're going to yeah. like their post. Exactly. You're more yeah. likely to like their post. So mm -hmm. in the same way, if you put out some love, you get some love back in return. Yeah. Um, Vanessa, you also, you don't have an outside company that does your social media at all. You do no. everything and yourself. No, and I've kind of toyed with the idea of that. Uh, mm -hmm. Between uh, my client care and myself, we manage it. So there's some things that we'll, we'll do up a schedule over a month and so um, we'll have, you know, some posts and some ideas of content that we want to put out. Right. So we do it, there is planning, there is a system behind it. And then in between that, if there's bonus things that we can put out, mm -hmm. then great. But we do have a somewhat of a schedule that we look at. So you have an basis. approximate, do you have a similar monthly schedule that you do every month and you fill in the blanks? Yeah, so That's like for example, template. every Thursday we'll put out what's going to be happening in uh, on the weekend. Um, okay. for in terms of community activities. Mm -hmm. And then we'll look at certain causes that we want to kind of promote and bring some knowledge to. And right. then I know somewhat what our schedule of uh, new listings are coming out or closings. And so we'll schedule different posts, whether it's testimonials. Right. But our approach is not just your standard, you know, content putting it out there. We try to really capture the essence of a message that we're trying to convey mm -hmm. and then kind of build our posts around that. So yeah. there's thought. I, I, yeah, I think the thing I want to get across is you're not just two o'clock on a Wednesday being like, oh, I should post. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, which I think, you know, a lot of us are doing, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's what it is for, for a lot of people, but I think systematizing it's really important. Yeah. And even if you want to post Wednesday at two o'clock, you can post whatever you want as long as you know the, the stuff you want to get out there and the message you're trying to get across. Yeah. So I do the same thing. Yes. Like we have a calendar that we set up and we have specific things set up on each you have date. A yeah. In advance. Mm -hmm. Good. And both of you have unlicensed assistants, right? Yes. Um, Vanessa, I heard you tell the story about kind of starting out with your uh, assistant, and I think it's really valuable. Um, a lot of people get stuck on the idea of, I think I need an assistant. I want to hire someone. I don't know what they would do, mm. and I'm afraid that I'm going to have someone sitting across from me in the office. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to know what to do with them. And now my stress is going to be, what do they do? So right. tell me how you overcame that. So the, my, my approach was that I had my, um, my unlicensed assistant, which I, I have her as the title of client care concierge, because really she's the backbone of a lot of our business. Um, and I had her sit and basically follow me throughout a period of two weeks to uh, understand what I do on a day in and day out basis. Because if you were to ask me right now to write down all my tasks that I do in a day, I could probably only give you 50% of it. Right. So by her observing and watching, she was able to see what I did well, what could use some improvement or things that I was missing altogether. So she was able to document that, what those things were, break them down into systems, and then be able to make a checklist and processes in place so that if I were to, you know, something knock on wood, but if I were to fall sick, you know, the business could still continue right. with, with or without me. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I think, you know, as salespeople, we're often, we're not the best at, at the organization of everything. <laughs> yep. It should not be our job to figure out the organization side and tell someone else what to do. You bring someone in who's good, you hire the right person, yeah. and they can tell you what your job is, yeah, right? Yeah. And you're really hiring someone to manage you in a sense, totally. right? Mm -hmm. um, Anuja, how did, you, how did you first get started with an assistant? 
I think I went through the same thing. So Joe, our manager here, really kept on pushing me to get an assistant. He's yeah. like, it's about time. Your business level is where it should be, where you need that help, right? And now I can't imagine my life without her, right? Mm -hmm. um, they do so much. And just like Vanessa said, like processes, checklists, um, so that it's easier for everyone to know what steps should be followed. And um, I was kind of worried at first in terms of, you know, like you said, what is she going to be doing, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But there's so much that can be done and so much to grow and improve on every day, right? Um, okay. So you learn a lot of new things and new and did inputs. did you struggle to delegate? Did you, did you say, I well, did at I, first. I have yeah. to do that. And I, yeah. what, what was the hardest thing to give up? I think just um, like even uh, coordinating things with clients and stuff. Right. I always wanted to do it and be the one that's, you know, communicating with the clients, which yeah. was a little difficult to give over to the assistant, but it, it's working out well. Yeah. I think it. we need that help, right? Mm, we can't be absolutely. doing everything. Yeah, and you're more professional. I always think like, mm -hmm. a, you know, your, my dentist has never called me to book the appointment. Exactly. Right? It's, yeah. it's a business and yeah. you have to treat it like that. And I introduce, like, uh, sorry to interrupt, but no, I introduce at the first appointment, whether it's with a buyer or a seller, I introduce my client care concierge and I explain to them that she works alongside as a partner right. and that she'll be communicating or that she may stop by to drop off things or paperwork so that it's not you mm -hmm. know out of the blue so that they're they getting a call so yeah they know who she is yeah that's really good mm -hmm. introductions a really great mm -hmm. idea uh, and then your business functions even better um, the next thing I want to talk to you guys about your business both of you have incorporated Mm -hmm. um, for our listeners or watchers uh, what that means basically you're the broker of record of your own in this case Remax Realtron franchise um, that has obvious tax benefits and things like that. I want to talk about, was there any change in perception either from your own business uh, or from your clients? So tell, tell me about your experience aside from your taxes and things like that, <laughs> uh, which, you know, is, is probably the, what brings people in first, but, but Vanessa, how, how did it feel to put yourself out there as a broker of record? There was a, for myself, it gave me a different level of responsibility. I felt that, um, you know, there was a bit of authority behind that and going into a listing appointment, um, there's that uh, additional bit of confidence that goes in. And I found that even, you know, speaking to clients over the phone and being able to introduce myself as a broker of record, there was um, a different response, a positive response from mm -hmm. them to be able to feel like I'm speaking to somebody who's an expert in their area, expert in the industry. And so it, uh, I saw the impact yeah. of that. And did you have, particularly for marketing, to put broker of record on, yeah. on I think really that helps, definitely right? Helps. Makes yeah, a, a lot of people are fascinated and they're like, oh, wow, congrats. And even agents are congratulating me, like, you know, people that come through the open right. house. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's a totally big change. That's great. Yeah, I, I think it's great um, in terms of, uh, you know, we've tried to streamline the process at Remax Realtron. I think from your point of view, you have, there are some documents to sign. There's some things mm. to look at every month. You're running a trust mm. account, things like that. Yeah. But for the most part, no real change in your day-to-day -day operations. No, Is that no. Right? very smooth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I have to say that, like going through the process, at first I thought it would be very overwhelming. Yeah. Same. And um, the company did an excellent job of just streamlining that, being very clear as to what the steps were going to be and the costs associated and all that sort. So there really wasn't any surprises, and not like it created more work for us. Right. How did your accountants react? How did your did they understand? Uh, yeah. yeah, they were, they they were on board right away they from the beginning. Board, yeah. They were excited. Yeah, <laughs> they were excited. Well, okay, this is good, good for you. Yeah. 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 
Good, that's excellent. So uh, I think we got a lot of great information. My big takeaways, uh, the assistant thing makes so much sense. Um, I love that we, we have two people running similar businesses, but really different marketing approaches. Um, it ends in the same place with social media, I think. Oh, what I didn't talk about was platforms. Mm -hmm. uh, go, top two. Go ahead. First and second. Sorry? Insta well, uh, oh, your sorry. top platforms. Oh, yeah, I would say Instagram. Instagram. Instagram and, and then, then Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, similarly, and then we also tap into LinkedIn. LinkedIn a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay, I want to catch uh, that was the <laughs> yeah. important one. I think it's important for everyone to hear that. Um, so just as we wrap up, yeah, great job. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, it's been really great. Um, if you're listening, you can listen on Spotify, um, Google Play, uh, Apple Music now, uh, anywhere you can find us and you can watch us on YouTube. Thank you so much, Anuja and Vanessa. It was yes. great. And uh, good luck for the us. second half of the year. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>